My friends, welcome. Welcome. Hey, 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 you. Come on. What? Hey. This is when two uh, personalities are in the same radio station and they look at each other and they're not sure who is going to talk first. You're going to. Uh, 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 <laughs> we're so glad you're with us. Welcome to Pastors of Pain. I'm, I'm Father Brian O'Brien here with Father Kerry Wakulich. We, uh, we run the two Catholic churches here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And uh, we're coming off a, uh, man, that was a, that was a week. That was a week. Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday, yes. Yeah, your Lenten mission? Lenten mission didn't happen. Why not? Well, it's going to happen at some point down the oh, road, okay. but we, we moved it because of, uh, of the snow. The, sn- the inevitable snowstorm? it's just been so cold. It has. But here's what I want to say to you, the people of Payne County. Has it been cold outside? Yes. Probably colder. I was talking to one of our uh, parishioners who she is nine years old. And uh, I, I saw on the weather report that this was the coldest, like coldest wind, coldest temperature that we've had like in 10 years. And so I said, this is the coldest it's ever been in your life. Whoa. She thought that was interesting. Yeah, my, um, when was it? Uh, my first year as a priest at St. Thomas More, we yep. had so much snowfall, snowfall, Smoke. snowfall uh, that year that Frankie Art. Oh yeah, and a bunch of Bishop Kelly guys came over and helped us shovel snow oh, off the roof nice. at St. Thomas More because yeah. it was so much, and it would it had frozen down below like where the drains were, and so nothing would drain, so it was just leaking back in the yeah. church, and like I got a bunch of my neighbors who were not Catholic to come over with their trash cans, and we had like soaked up water and hauled it out. It was yeah, we miserable. had just this past week when when the snow came, we had a nice group of uh, parishioners that came up and helped us. Uh, Get rid of snow from the parking lot so we could be open for uh, for Ash Wednesday and uh, for this weekend and so yeah. it's a it's a wonderful time uh, to be neighborly to look out for your neighbors when it's cold you uh-huh, know uh-huh. Um, but also I mean especially to, yeah shoveling uh, sidewalks and it's also a great way to burn stuff. some calories you want to burn for reals you want to burn like a couple four thousand calories you go out and do Shovel. all that good stuff yeah but be careful if you're old or if you have a bad heart yeah you might get, get, a, you might get somebody else to right. do it um, so it's Lent man Lent hello hello Lent it's beginning to look a lot like Lent it's cold uh, so yeah, it's cold. Uh, but here's what I want to say: that when it, even though it's cold outside, the warmth of Jesus ought to be in your heart, mm. and so it's never cold. When you love the Lord, who loves you and created you, <laughs> then we're never cold. We're n- never. Is hell cold? You, have you ever seen the? Uh, there was a painting of Dante's Can we talk about that Purgatory. For a oh no, it was Dante's. This is not our topic. But and it, we, it was like it was down in the depths of hell, and it was people frozen in yes. place but still alive. Because you think of like you know you think of like God God's love as like kind of warmth, you know, mm-hmm. and then but like you know when someone like hates someone, they're like, oh man, they're cold, like Pluto you know? cold. Yeah. yeah, they're like on the edge of the galaxy. So that would make me kind of think that I mean we all associate hell with you know flames and. You know, might I don't know. Might hell be like painfully cold instead of painfully hot? Well, it can't. It, so I, I've heard some theologians speculate that it's, it's in speculative theology, like you know that we don't uh, know. Hell, just... hell is like why is hell so hot? Because it experiences the burning love of God even there, and it's painful to them. It's experienced as warmth and joy for for those in heaven who are close to oh. God, but for those who are far away and cold, like 
like St. Paul says, um, be either hot or cold, but not lukewarm and be cast uh, spit out. You know, those people who are cold, it experience, it's, it's an experience of utter pain for them. Who is the philosopher that said hell is other people? Uh, me? <laughs> no, I don't know. All the introverts <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I think it was Sartre. Oh, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre is hell. I, hell is other people. Hell, Jean-Paul Sartre is hell. I mean, he like oh, well, I, mean, I mean, he's he, loved by God, created in I, the image and likeness. Well, I hope, I hope he's in purgatory. I mean, that is the hope Let's for hope him. He's in heaven. I hope he's no. in heaven. Oh my gosh, he's caused a huge problem philosophically I mean, yes. for the world right now. Oh, yeah, Jean-Paul Sartre, Nietzsche, the the four. Uh, but is anyone I mean is anyone let's talk about this is anyone is 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 even the worst of philosophers are they are they beyond God's mercy is anyone well, no. is anyone beyond God's mercy Well once you're dead yes Let's answer this okay so yes or no notorious sinners are beyond God's mercy No The answer is no no. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Turn we to another dial. appreciate you. Pray for well, us. Well, remember last time. Oh, we're going to keep talking. Uh, when we talked about some of this stuff, it was maybe like, they could probably go back into episode number 30 or 40 <laughs> if we kept doing those numbers. Remember when I banned See, you from doing those? I remember. Well, we uh, we talked about Rudolf Hess, the head of Auschwitz-Birkenau. Yes, tell us that story. Okay, so we did, we, we did a show probably two years ago or so. A similar, similar to this topic, but we're gonna we're gonna go deep. We're gonna go deeper this time, right? And I think we were talking about confession, and is like because I think there's people out there. I meet them from time to time, and they think that they. So sometimes it's like they grew up Catholic, but have been away from the church, you know. And then you get into it of like, why are you, you know, why are you away? And then they name some sin. Well, I'm I'm away from the church because I blank. Fill in the blank with right. with sometimes you know really terrible things, or people or sometimes yeah. think that things that they think are terrible that aren't as bad as they think. You know, anyway, right. and or then, people tell people tell them yes, like oh you're so terrible, and then they it's just like, and then they just avoid church. They associate church not with God's right. God's mercy, but with the judgment of other people. And that's very unfortunate. And and if and I think if 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 any of us and I know I have on certain occasions, you know, if we've contributed to that of church being a place of not of not of 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 the sort of judgment of other people rather than of God's mercy, then we we should repent for that. Um, but there's people out there who don't come to church because they think they're sort of beyond God's love. I've done this. Therefore, I cannot enter into that place, which is only for really saintly people, which yes. it's not. Well, heaven is for saintly people oh, because yes, they are yes, heaven. Yes, but church, yeah, oh, yeah. church, oh, okay, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that image of like the uh, other lots of right, saints right. and popes have used it, but you know, the the church is a is a field hospital in the middle of a battle. I love that. You know, it's not a uh, as others have said. It's, you know, it's not it's not a country club. Although St. Francis is on Country Club. That just happens to be where the land is, I suppose. If we had put the church in a different place, we could have been on McElroy. McElroy, sir. McElroy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a whole show on Ju- how to pronounce Julie, Julie McElroy or Julie McElroy? She got married and changed yes, her name. Yes, I know. It's not a controversy anymore. It's done. Uh, so, yeah. So, is anyone beyond God's mercy? We would say no. But it's not... Um, how, do, how would we say this? It's not sort of an infinite offer 
Like there's judge, there is judgment. Correct. So t- 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 tell us about that. When you you said there's no, there's no mercy. I forgot how you just said it. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there comes a point at which you're judged. Yeah, and that's the moment we die. The particular judgment, and then there's the final judgment. The yes. particular judgment is boom. You you get it right off the bat. The Lord shows when you, you die. Right when you die, and the you know some heaven. Th- some things there's there's Hell, impurities on purgatory. our soul that need to be purified. That's why we call it purgatory the or the, purga- the purgation. The purgation, yeah. uh, and then final final entrance into the kingdom of God. And then there's we could do a whole show on. Have we done a show on purgatory? I don't, I don't think know. We, we have. have to check our records. We have to check. I with think Jay. We, I think we Maybe should do he. a show on purgatory because I think that's very very misunderstood by a lot of Catholics and certainly misunderstood by a lot of our Protestant friends. Correct. Who don't think it exists, even though it does. Right. Okay. So back to the particular judgment. Yes. I don't think we're talking about this. We're not. But no. But like, just, we're just talking about and, God's mercy. And then there's the final judgment, which yeah. is when in the Book of Revelation the trumpet blasts, uh, and then all will rise. And uh, then we hear at the end of Matthew's Gospel, uh, the sheep and the goats, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Mm. Uh, when when I was a stranger, you visited. You welcomed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was another priest in the house, you cooked breakfast for me on a snow day. Oh, oh, you're a better cook. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so th- there's that then final judgment on there and they'll be cast out of the side and moved. That's what the Sistine Chapel, that scene is, mm. is the trumpet. But you can see the people blowing the trumpets, <laughs> the final judgment. Uh, but be- but as that day arrives, there's this awesome opportunity to return to the Lord with our whole heart, mind and soul. And, and he, he doesn't. He doesn't judge uh, in a way. I'm gonna air quotes. He doesn't judge us like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you showed up. Remember that I, I, one of my favorite lines in the entire gospel is, "Go tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee." And it's Mary Magdalene who's called an apostle to the apostles. Yep. So it's on that Easter Sunday morning when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb meets Jesus who she thinks is a gardener and he says go tell my brothers and I always remind people his brothers are Peter who denied him by a fire three times Uh, the other apostles who ran away cowards yep those who said it was Mark Mark who ran away um, and it was the others who said ah we'll be with you there Lord we'll be with you we're gonna be there I'll talk yeah I'll talk and Jesus says, go tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. And it's it's beautiful because what is he telling them? To, what is he? The first thing is he's calling them brothers. He doesn't say, hey, go tell those dum-dums who did all these stupid go things, tell the cowards, who betrayed me. The betrayers and, and the yep, cowards. Yep. Okay. Tell them to come to Galilee. He says, go tell my brothers. So he identifies them as his brothers. Even though, Family. Even though they're sinners. Even though they're sinners. Yep. And the church is full of sinners. I, I think that's what we have to like get through our, our heads because we're constantly in need of a Savior. You know, there, there's that line that's like, I've been saved and I am being saved by the Lord. Like, the Lord has saved me from sin and death through his death yeah, and resurrection. Yeah, when people say, are you, are you saved? I say, yeah, every yeah every day. And, 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 and it's happening to me. Like, the Lord is transforming me and so everybody has the opportunity to meet their lord and savior and be transformed by him at any time yeah and to be healed and have our sins removed from us i mean that the example i gave you all i don't know was that two years ago yeah so tell the story okay so this is crazy this story i'm gonna have father carrie tell this whole story even though there was a he told part of it a couple years ago so you can go back and listen to that but we have new listeners um but 
we were talking about this at dinner the other night. Uh, Father Robert and Father Kerry and I, we have dinner together every Thursday night, so don't bother us uh, <laughs> unless you're dying. Uh, but we have dinner together because community life is important. We pray together, uh-huh. and, and, then, and then one of us is in charge of dinner. Yep. And uh, I was in charge of dinner and, and, and cooked up. Uh, you warmed cooked, up I mean, an cooked, awesome dinner. Cooked up, I mean, picked up a <laughs> wonderful Mexican meal. It was brilliant, and, and it was yeah, and it was it was rocking. It but was anyway, so, so we were got, we got into this discussion about I forget even how we got on it. We were just talking about I don't know confession, God's mercy, and it's the, so I think the, the the biggest example, like a lot of times, especially in politics, I'm going somewhere with this, but like people people use like Hitler. As an, as this example, like if somebody does something that you don't like, like we compare it, everyone gets compared to the Nazis. Yeah, like they go know? right to the extreme, and it's not, and it's not helpful. It's not it's not helpful, <laughs> um, and because what the Nazis did, I mean, there is not there is really not a comparable ugliness and evil. I mean, maybe I mean, the abortion, Stalin, the abortion culture in America yes, and around the world, and, and Stalin and Pol Pot, and like, and there there are wow. other examples. But what the Nazis did, what Hitler did, and and not just Hitler, but then Hitler had kind of his henchmen, henchmen. Yeah. who what they did, I mean, was evil incarnate. All right. So then, one of Hitler's main guys was a guy named Rudolf Hess. Yeah, and you can look him up. But Father Kerry, tell the story because I, I want, as he tells the story, I want you to think about yourself. Now, I love the example. I love the example of St. Paul, right? The St. Paul. Oh, St. Paul killed people. St. Paul murdered people. Stephen the Deacon. For a living. <laughs> got paid. He was a hitman. I mean, we didn't have that word, you know, back in the first century. But that's what Paul did. And what, and what happened? He met the risen Christ, he met the Lord Jesus, and his life changed. And he became, he went from being a murderer to being one of the great saints of our church. And so I love the example of just, if 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 the Lord Jesus can do that for St. Paul, imagine what he can do for me. Yeah. Right? It, and that's what the season of Lent is about. It's about conversion. It's about bringing about change in our life, changing from our sinful ways to the ways of God's will and, and, and the Lord Jesus. And so listen to this story of Rudolf Hess. And if you don't know who that is, you can Google him and look him up. Yeah. He hey, was Google. he was evil. Evil. Yeah. And yet the Lord spoke to him. Okay, okay so tell the Here's story. Here's a little story I got to tell this about Rudolf Hess who we and don't know jump, so well. I'll just jump in. I'll let him tell the story. Okay. And I'll just jump in. It is crazy. Okay, go. Okay, Rudolf Hess, young man, uh, gets involved in sort of the Bolshevik uprising and sort of the things going on in the German Empire, uh, you know, sort of around World War One time frame. And then he uh, sort of gets pulled into this nationalisms group and gets involved there. And, you know, he's he's just he's sort of a sort of a young thug and doesn't know what he's doing in life. So he gets pulled into the uh, to the nationalists uh, in 19. 19- the late 30s and becomes a member of the the Third Reich. He's the deputy Führer, says Wikipedia. Yeah, there you go. I, I, that that title. And so as he goes through his sort of chain of command, he is is partially responsible, not fully 100, percent but uh, largely responsible for how to exterminate people. Uh, he ran Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp, which uh, I've been there before. 
uh, to those concentration camps well, now five times. And he, as part of his operations there, he tried to basically come up with a way to get exterminate people the fastest. So they have, originally they started with basically shooting people, and then they saw that was wasting a lot of bullets. So they went with car engines and pumping uh, what's that gas? Um, exhaust exhaust fumes, carbon dioxide, you know, gas fumes. Are you reading this on Wikipedia, O'Brien? I'm I'm just reading. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and then they come what up. What you're with, telling us is not on Wikipedia. And then they come up with the Zyklon B solution, which is uh, the bunkers. They drop them in through the top. They gas people. Uh, if you watch Schindler's List, that's pretty much what they're doing. Uh, so um, Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp was a mil- was a previously a Polish military base, and then had been converted into an extermination camp. So all, all these people are getting funneled there. It's it's Catholic priests, it's intellectuals in the university, professors in the college, it's government employees, it's homosexuals, gypsies, Jews. They're bringing Jews in from everywhere around the empire, anywhere where the Third Reich touches. Jews are showing up, uh, and everybody in between. If the government doesn't like you, they're going to exterminate you. So they dumped them out in Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp. You think last week was cold? Uh, Poland is basically uh, north of Maine by like by New Brunswick. Like you want to see where Poland is? Go to Maine and then go east, and it's a lot colder than Oklahoma ever could think of being. Anywho, uh, so he's he's there as sort of running the concentration camp and. Uh, there's all these Jesuit priests there, and there's this story. It's a it's a, a story called how the commandant of Auschwitz found God's mercy. It's kind of a little off the books. It's a little off, off the, the books, books and, and the, apparently the story goes like this. It was at World Youth Day in Poland, and a, a, a reporter, I think it was from Catholic News Agency, just happened to be talking to a, a, a Jesuit priest, and this story was told to him. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And no one had ever heard this story. So this reporter then wrote this story about this this event of how this young Jesuit's uncle, Father uh, Lone, Father Lone was like the superior of the Jesuits there in the area. And like some would say he was a, a, a chaplain to the Shrine of Divine Mercy where St. Saint, Saint, uh, Faustino was and had written that Diary of Divine Mercy. And she had died the year before the invasion. So September 1st, 1939, invaded Poland. St. Faustina dies. Kowalski dies in like 38, I think, that or late 37. So St. Faustina, if you're not familiar, is the kind of... She's missionary a, of divine mercy. Right. They call her the doctor of divine mercy. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can read about her. So, Amazing. So we... Uh, <laughs> So uh, these Jesuits get arrested and hauled out there, and then Father Lon goes out there to, to see them, and he speaks German, so he gets the commandant, and he says to Hess, hey, uh, I need you to release these Jesuits. They didn't do anything wrong. And the, the, report, the report is the last words were, uh, priest, get out of here. I will kill you. If I ever see your face around here again, I will <coughs> kill you. And then they went their separate ways. Yikes. So the end of the war shows up and people, you know, like uh, scatter everywhere. And Hess sends his wife and kids off and his kids hated him after this. He then flees towards the allies as well because he don't want to get caught by the Russians. So he gets caught by a, a group of 
um, of British soldiers in, I think it was Belgium or Netherlands, mm. and he gets the snot beat out of him, and he gets hauled back to the war crimes uh, in Nuremberg. He gets tried against crimes against humanity, and then uh, gets sent back to Poland. And this is uh, this is sort of where the, wi- the story turns really wild. He uh, he's apparently in his cell in um, I- in Poland, and he hears the bells ringing, and he starts to ha- thinking about as a kid serving mass. He was an altar boy, serving mass, attending mass, like receiving holy communion. He just had all these like baptized, all these <coughs> all these baptized Catholic. Yeah, a baptized Catholic. But again, like like some people. They're baptized Catholic, but they're not living the Catholic life. Right. But they're still baptized a baptized Catholic. Right. They're a Christian. They're not, but they're not living it. And the same with this guy, Rudolf Hess. So he hears the bells and he goes and asks the uh, the jailers, uh, "Can you find me a priest that speaks German?" And he says, he says like these Polish guards were so nice to him. So they look around for uh, a day or so and they find charity has no end. Uh huh. So they find this this priest who shows up. And the priest opens a prison cell, and there, standing before Rudolf Hess, is Father Lond, the Jesuit priest, who he said last time, he said the last time they saw each other, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. So Father Lond had his nephew with him, who was also a Jesuit, who then is the reporter that of this story. That is wild. So Lond goes in, comes out hours later, the next day shows up with Holy Communion, and Hess is on his knees, like, tears just running down his face as he gives the the like the terrorist of Poland holy communion and he does that over and over again and and Hess's final words he's taken to Auschwitz there's a plaque at the gallows at Auschwitz so right next to the extermination uh, uh, bunker where they dropped the Zyklon B in just 50 yards away from this beautiful house that Hess and his family lived in, right on the compound, surrounded by beautiful trees. The kids never knew what was going on the other side of the trees. Hess was hung there. They lynched him. And it says here was hung uh, to death, Rudolf Hess. And the the story is, is, is quite marvelous that his last words were, God have mercy on me for what I have done. <coughs> Boom. God have mercy on me for what I've done. The other great conversion is the commandant of, of, of Poland. There was a German a commandant who also had a massive conversion uh, back to his faith and to God's mercy. And uh, we don't have time to talk about that one, but boom, that's another one. He was called. That's he was, amazing. He led the terror against uh, yeah, all, of, all of Poland. Where you had like 3.5 million people are said to be, uh, well, 3.5 million people were killed at crack at, at Auschwitz in the in the German concentration camps in Poland, not the Nazi concentration camps, but the German concentration camps yeah. in Poland were 3.5 million people. They also say that 20 percent of the entire country, which is somewhere around four million, were killed or exterminated. I mean, you could walk through Krakow yeah. and walk up to a wall, and it's there's a plaque. On one, and the wall is just torn up on the outside of this hospital, and it says seventy people were brought out here, lined against this wall, and shot. That's why the wall is all dented up. I mean, that's the reign of terror that lasted from 1939 to 1945 in Poland, and then it didn't stop with the Russians. Like World War II ended when the Berlin Wall came down. 
I mean, it's just in like the eighties. Yeah, eighty nine, yeah. eighty nine, yeah. when the wall came yeah. down. But there, these like, there's those extreme people, and then there's dudes like you know, like Moses the Black, like one of you know, Google Moses the Black, who was like a thug who killed somebody. He was being pursued in Egypt, went into a monastery and had like the monks brought him in and allowed him to stay there. And he had a I huge love the con- story of Alessandro Serenelli who killed Maria, St. Maria Goretti. Oh yes. You know, just this great conversion. Okay. So, but let me, okay. So there are dram- obviously very dramatic examples uh-huh. in the history of the church. Mary of Egypt. I mean, Peter, Paul, uh, Come on, those all dudes. these guys. I mean, the uh, the the number Matthew of, the tax collector. The number, yes. There are these there are these great and dramatic stories. The other piece of this, though, because I think some people could be listening and saying to themselves, "Well, I'm not that bad. I never I've never killed anyone. I'm not I'm not a notorious sinner, um, right. and therefore I don't. Those guys, yes. Those all those knuckleheads, they need confession." I, I don't. I'm a good person. And I think our message would be yes you do. Yeah, are you are you a ter- are you a Nazi? No. Have you ever killed anyone? No. But that doesn't mean that you don't need confession. We're giving you these extreme examples to show cuz maybe there's somebody out there listening who thinks that they are beyond God's mercy. Right. And we are saying you are not. Right. You are not. But also God's mercy is available to others indeed who, who maybe haven't done what these guys have done but you still need God's mercy. You know, and I all. think people I think some people like just avoid the sacrament of confession or reconciliation or penance they just avoid it because well I'm not I'm not that bad. No. It it, we're one. We're all in need of conversion. Yes, and, and there's a day. Everyone, if you're listening to this, you're in need of conversion. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all like in big ways and in little ways. You know, whether it's you know a, a little bit of word of profanity comes out, or like you know uh, what's that <laughs> line? If you're angry with somebody, you've already murdered them in your heart. Yes. Remember, remember, Matt, if you lusted Matt, after someone, you've committed <laughs> you've committed adultery in your heart. Right, and so Jesus is saying it was actually in the gospel a couple weeks ago on a weekday, maybe like Wednesday of a couple weeks ago. I forget, and he talks about like the declaring all foods clean. But he says it's not what comes in from the outside. It's the interior of the heart of man where lust and anger and envy yeah. and wrath and so fury God, read are. The, read the Ten Commandments, right? And and you're going to see, yeah, oh, I've, I have done that. I have, I mean, and, and do what we would call an examination of conscience. And we don't do that to like nitpick. We do that because we do things all the time that we may not even be aware. I mean, if you gossip, if you're uncharitable, if you ignore, if you ignore the poor, right? Those are sins. Yes. There are sins. We say this in the in the confidior at the beginning of Mass, you know, asking forgiveness in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. And so it's not just I didn't, I, well, I haven't really done anything. Well, chances are there's probably a lot of things you haven't done right. that you should have done. Right. Uh-huh. That you've missed opportunities to speak words of love and of charity. You've missed opportunities to help people who Indeed. are in need. Yes, sir. Those are sins. It, I, I'm going to add this one. I, there, uh, there was a moment when I was in spiritual direction uh, with my spiritual director. Uh, you were receiving it. I was receiving it from nice. Father Chris. And all of a sudden, just like something like came up from the depths of my heart that I, that I hadn't, 
I realized I hadn't brought to the Lord in the sacrament Ooh. of confession. Yeah. And are you going to write this down? <laughs> and and so, it is. And, and then I said it to my spiritual director and he goes, okay. And all of a sudden there was this freedom, like this great freedom. And yes, I'd been holding on to this, but sort of in the back of my mind, this sin that I, I, I probably was just like embarrassed of. But also, like, like kind of ashamed of, embarrassed, ashamed. Like, how how could I have done that? Like, how what? How did my life get to that point yep. where I was able to make that decision? I'm not gonna tell you what it was. Yeah, you can guess or don't. We'll all just but speculate. It, it, we'll all just speculate. And, and as soon as I said it to my spiritual director in the sacrament of confession, he goes, "Okay." And it was, it was, it was actually like the enemy had sort of chained my heart to this. Yeah. And it was like, the, if you tell him, if you tell him, I, I even heard this, like if you tell him, he's going to be ashamed of you. And so I just said, I'm going to tell you this. Everything in my being is saying don't. And I just said it. Today, like right now. I don't even remember yes, what it was. Yes, that happens all the time. Yep. There was this yep. great freedom. So the Speak mercy it, man. and the freedom Speak it. Bring all it come to together. The light. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. The bring S-O-N it, light? Bring it to confession. Amen, brother. Stop being afraid. And I'll just say this as we close. We, uh, between your parish and my parish, we tabulated it up. We put uh-huh. out a little graphic of all of the opportunities Basically, it's like 15 hours a week. Stop. Shut the front door. Are you Between kidding? the two parishes. And so I will say this as we close. Your excuses are lame. Your excuses are dumb. Come to confession. No one is beyond God's mercy, and everybody needs it. Have a great week, everybody. We'll Peace. see you soon. God bless you.